Okay, so a couple of prophecies. Is that okay? Um, I want, um, if you're wearing turquoise today, (laughs) come on, Sasha. If you're wearing turquoise today, uh, this is what the Lord has for you. Um, All right, hold on. I'm going to read it over you. I know, right? All right, uh, Hosanna, that includes you. Get on up here. Have you ever noticed that sometimes that everybody in the room will have on a certain color? And you're like, dang, why didn't I wear turquoise? All right. um, Revelation 2.7. And the angel to the church of Philadelphia write, These things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, and have kept, but have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God, and you shall go out no more. I will write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on you a new name." So uh, I felt like the Lord said this morning that those who have, uh, that, that were wearing turquoise this morning, God's giving you a new name. And he's putting, he's making you a pillar in his house. And he's saying that you're going to have access to this place in heaven. And that no longer, and this is, a, this is a now word for you. This is a now word. And I want you to receive this word because this is for you. It says, because you have kept my command to persevere, he is going to keep you from the hour of trial. Meaning that you have been set apart as someone that, that, that the trials will not come near you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Thank you. That's a good word, isn't it? All right. So let's talk about the kingdom. You want to? Yeah, I do. All right. So we've been, I've been preaching on the kingdom now for, um, this will be the fourth um, installment, and um, this morning, I'm just going to talk about kingdom, uh, the kingdom briefly, and then we're going to give some testimonies about the kingdom, and then we are going to uh, demonstrate the kingdom. Sound good? I like it. I like it. Activation. All right, so John, I was going to pray for Israel, but John already did that. Don't you love the spirit and how he moves, and he talks to all of us the same way? I really encourage you um, 
to to be um, praying about this because, um, in fact, I invite you to come tomorrow if you guys want to do some intercession about Israel. We're going to open it up. This is the first time that they've ever sent ground troops into Gaza, and they are being hit now from two sides. Uh, Lebanon has gotten in on the battle, and they're getting hit by Hezbollah, and they're getting hit by Hamas. So this is this is game on. It is game time, and those that are praying for the peace of Israel and standing for Israel are going to be blessed by the Lord. And, and this, is, this is the apple of his eye. And so we really want to stand right now as a house of prayer together united um, in our hearts for Israel. Okay, so I encourage you to come tomorrow night. Um, prayer starts at 6. And uh, we'll just be doing some rumbling around it. Do you like to rumble? I like to rumble. Anyway, that's intercession. That's a cool word for intercession. All right, so the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. This is what we've been talking about. The first time that we talked about the kingdom of God, we, I was explaining about what the kingdom of heaven was, what heaven is. You know, that you've got your third heaven, your second heaven, and then you have earth. So if you didn't have a chance to, to hear that, it's, it's posted online. The, the second installment, um, I taught about the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And, and then in the third installment, I taught how to practically access the kingdom of heaven. Because God did not leave us as orphans, and he didn't leave us so that we didn't understand. But in fact, uh, the, the parable about the kingdom of heaven, about, about God who sows the seed, and how the seed falls to all different, the thorny places, and it, and it falls to the, the hard ground. And, and so uh, uh, Jesus is talking about all of these different places places that the seed of Christ and the word of God can fall. And the thing that separates or the thing that helps us to overcome is the ability to understand. That's what that parable said, that, that for those that understand how to access the kingdom, the seed will not fall by the wayside. We will not lose the seed of Christ, but in fact, the seed will be multiplied because of understanding. So I love that parable because I don't know about you, but I want to understand how to access this place, which is the prophetic word that I just gave to, to, um, to you about, about the, the doorway into the kingdom and the doorway into heaven. And um, so I encourage you to go back and to listen to all three of them. Um, today, what I felt like the Lord wanted, the, the last of the installment, is that once you begin to function in the kingdom, and you begin to function out of the place of heaven, and so you don't function out of the place of the earth, but you function out of the place of heaven, and you begin to be a conduit, or like I described the last time I spoke on this, it's like an umbilical cord that's connected between you and heaven, that everywhere you go, that umbilical cord is connected to you, and you're actually bringing the resources of heaven to the earth. But, but the struggle with the body of Christ has been, number one, not very many people have an understanding of how to access this place of heaven. Therefore, because of a lack of understanding, all of the drama and the chaos and the fear that's associated with living on the earth has actually stolen the seed so the body of Christ looks like we're not victorious. When in, and so we spend all of our time on the offensive instead of, or I mean on the defensive instead of on the offensive. Sorry, I, I, I don't actually watch football. I'm the only person in Dallas, I'm pretty sure, that has no clue what is going on. And in fact, we used to have several Dallas Cowboys here, and I had no idea who they were. I was just like, oh, 
a big guy. I can't see around you, over you. I don't know. Who are you? Football. That's good. You, you do what in football? You, you, okay. I don't know what that is. So anyway, um, so yeah, so, so the body of Christ, what's happened now is that we are, we spend all of our time is what I've seen in the body of Christ, um, chasing after demons, right? And, and trying to hide from them and trying to, you know, and so it's like, instead of actually beginning to take dominion, we're, we're so busy just trying to not be in pain. Well, we weren't called to be pain management. We weren't called to, to be fear management, but we were actually called to take dominion and begin to take this city. And so if we can learn how to access heaven and live out of heaven, meaning the place of the Holy of Holies, we go before the Father, we get our daily bread, we get our assignment for the day, and then we go out and, and wherever we go, we still have access to that door because that door is always open and it never shuts for any of us. That's good news. So... In order for us to access this place, we've got to know how. And that's why I felt it so critical to come up with a step-by-step. Step one, this is what we do. Step two, this is what you do. Step three, this is what you do. This is absolutely 100% a model that works. Jesus came and they said, teach us how to pray. We think prayer is when we ask heaven for what we need. That is not what prayer is. Prayer is going before the throne of grace, that we would enter boldly before the throne of grace. And we stand before God. We bow before God. We fall before God. And we say, give me my daily bread. What's in your heart for me today, God? I want you to tell me what you have for me today. Because if I don't go to the table that's been set before me and eat of the bread of life, how will I have life? How will I have anything to give away? How will I have the kingdom to give away? So if I don't go to this place, then how can I fulfill the great commission, which is what Jesus told us to do? Because when Jesus came, he said this, I want you to do this. I want you to go out now and I want you to preach the kingdom of heaven. Well, if I have no experience in the kingdom of heaven, how can I share anything with them? How can I relate to them? And, and, and it's so interesting because I've been handed several tracks um, about, you know, and, and, you know, we're all looking for ways as a church, as church leadership, we're looking for ways to, to go out and preach the gospel and, and, and uh, save the lost, right? Well, all of these tracks, they, they focus on, on salvation, but, which is good, and so they, they say things like, Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you know? And so they ask these questions about death, but they don't really address the kingdom. But Jesus said over and over this. 
I'm going to read some scripture. Jesus said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. This is all in in Luke. He sent them. He sent out his 12 to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus said to them, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Matthew 10, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not one time did he say, preach about salvation. Because salvation was actually just part of the kingdom of heaven. Salvation was actually uh, like the ticket to get in. Salvation was, was the on-ramp, but it wasn't about salvation. It was about the kingdom. That would be like me, you coming to me saying, tell me about the movie you just saw. And I'll say, let me tell you about the ticket I bought. Okay, this ticket, it's, it's, um, it was paper, and it had all this writing on it, and you got to get the ticket. Because if you get the ticket, you know, then you're going to get to uh, go to the movie theater. Doesn't that sound awesome? You're like, but, but, but I want to know about the movie. And so, so what we've done is, is we're talking to them about the on-ramp. We're talking to them about, about getting saved, and we're, we're, we're majoring on the minor. And, and, and people don't care about the ticket. They care about Jesus, and they care about the kingdom. And so if you could really communicate to people about the freedom that they're going to live in, about the access to the, to the heavenly realms, about the supernatural, because the word says that the, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So, and that it's, that it's not in word, but it's in power. So it's not in doctrine, but we're, we're over there talking to them about doctrine and we're arguing the doctrines of blah, 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 blah. You know, there's so many that, 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 that the people are going, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a little bit longer to go ahead and get my ticket Because the only thing that we've said to them is, hey, if you get saved now, then you're going to go to heaven when you die. However, there's 40 years of of you trying to keep the law between now and then. And who's going to sign up for that? Right? But if we can actually talk to them from our own testimonies of accessing the kingdom and convey the message of the king, then that's something to write home about. Let me tell you about this movie. There was this time when I saw this woman and she got healed, right? And, and or I, I raised this guy from the dead or, you know, I had access and I went to heaven and I live in this place where I, I'm, not, I'm not totally frozen by fear all the time about all of the, the nonsense going on in the world and, and I live in peace and joy all the time because I have access to heaven. And the the thing is, guys, there is, people are dying for the supernatural. They are dying for the supernatural. They are dying for the mystical. Because that's how we were created. We are spirit beings. And we respond to the things of the spirit. We don't respond to the things of doctrine and the things of the law. Because that's actually not the truth of why Jesus died. 
Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We want them to see the kingdom of God. We want them to enter into the kingdom of God. Every problem that you have on the earth, there is a solution in the heart of God for those who are willing to go get it. Not just for you, but for everybody that you know. So when... As we are now entering into what you see in the natural in Israel, I'm telling you, you will see in the spirit because we are the church and the church, whatever you see happening in Israel, you're going to see happening in the spirit. Remember the four red moons. Okay, so I will guarantee you, you're going to start to see shaking, but we are the ones that will not be shaken. Because we are kingdom people who have righteousness, joy, and peace. And the body of Christ, even those that are in the church, are going to be coming to those that have a resource built up in them. They know the way and can lead them into the way because they'll be dying because of fear that has gripped their hearts. And they'll be, and whoever it is among us that has a reservoir of this and an understanding of how to ascend to the place before the king and descend with the good news, which is Jesus is in control and I have the word, which is going to break open everything that you are so traumatized about in your life. So as we preach the kingdom of heaven, we preach it in power. So the question should not be, are you saved? But the question is, should be this. Have you heard about the kingdom of heaven? Have you, do you know anything about the kingdom of heaven? And they'd be like, well, heaven, huh? Yeah, okay, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it because I've been there. Let me tell you about what this lifestyle looks like. Let me tell you about my experience, that I'm not alone, and that I'm not scared anymore because I have a father who's good and takes care of me, and he's real, and he talks to me, and he comes to me, and I live a life that is completely supernatural. I've seen people healed. I've seen people set free of demons. I've seen demons come out of people. I carry the prophetic word of God that flows through me to people, words of knowledge. And you begin to tell them this stuff of the supernatural. And by the way, you can have this too. That's the kingdom. And it comes through the blood of Christ. Amen? So we could preach the gospel, which is the gospel of the kingdom, and tell them you can have access to this now. Do you want this now? Do you need this now? Do you need peace and joy and righteousness? Are these the things that you're longing for? If we begin to say what he told us to say, then we'll get the results that he got when he was on the earth. What the disciples got, what the apostles got. Preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom. So here's what I want to do. I want to get some testimonies up here of some people that have been following the prescription from heaven about how to access the kingdom. So I'm looking for Lindsay and Tanya. I don't know if Tanya's here today. 
Okay, just beautiful, Lindsay. Who's wearing turquoise? Oh, oh! All right, Lindsay, tell them about um, what you did, and then tell them about what happened, okay? Okay. Yeah, Josh actually picked up my dress today, too, so it's... <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, so, yeah, um, I've been doing the internship, and it was on a Saturday, and... It was just one of those days we were in the prayer room for like two hours and I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. But then I thought about Tracy's message about how to enter the kingdom of heaven. It was a four step message. And if you haven't heard it, um, probably online on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so I did it and I went to heaven. <laughs> it was really simple. <laughs> and, um, yeah, every time I've been now, because it's been like five times since then, and that was just like two weeks ago, um, the Lord has shown me things. I mean, cool experiences. We all want encounters with the Lord. Um, and so they've been really neat experiences, but they've also like mirrored things that I've been going through in my life. So there's been lessons in them, kind of what Tracy's talking about. It's not just like so we can go and have a cool experience. It's so that we can bring heaven down to earth, whatever we're going through in our situations, or just get um, confirmation, you know, about what the Lord is doing in our life. So that that one time I actually went to the treasury, which was really cool. Do you want me to talk about that? Or just, um, so yeah, I, the Lord, or actually really, I was just exploring, and I've been to like the gates a lot, and um, just seen like really cool things, otherworldly colors, and lights, and stuff like that. Um, but he took me to the to the throne or to the treasury room and it was dark but I had a flashlight in my hand and there was cubby holes like for as far as the eye could see or as far as like my flashlight could see <laughs> and um but they weren't made of wood they're made of gold and then I saw people's names like name tags underneath them and so I was like looking for my name and I found it and my cubby hole was like full of treasure and um on the top, there was like a little compartment with papers, and I knew they were deeds to houses or property, and um, so I took one. <laughs> and then I took um, two bags of like old-fashioned, you know, like looters treasure, like <laughs> robbery treasure, <laughs> and then I walked out. Um, and then the next time I went, I went to, I was walking around and I went, to, I was like wanting to go to the throne room when I was there, but I got sidetracked and I went into this little room and um, it was weird. It was like full of shelves and conveyor belts and on these conveyor belts, like they were like coming in, I could tell from somewhere and on them were like really primary colored, like brightly colored, almost phony looking is how I describe them, wigs masks and helmets and I was like I asked an angel I said what are these and they said oh those are your fear shame and regret from your false identities on the earth and when you get rid of them we turn them into crowns <laughs> yeah. and that's that was the day after we had like been talking about that in class and masks yeah so just different things that we've been going through like in class or in my in my own life like we're um my husband just lost his job so 
you know, the treasury thing was like super confirming to me and encouraging. So the biggest thing that I've taken away from this is that unbelief will mess you up. It'll mess up your life. Like if you think, well, Tracy can go there or Lindsay can go there, but I'm not ever going to heaven. That's just not how I'm going to encounter the Lord. Then you won't. You won't go there. But if you believe that you're worth it, that Jesus can speak to you like he speaks through other people and let your mind go there. Like for me, it hasn't really been an out-of-body experience, but I just let my mind go there. And I know that sounds weird, but it's super real once you go there and it's awesome and you'll really encounter the Lord's heart for you. So um, would you say that the benefit of that caused your heart to settle down and, and that you accessed righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay. And so see what happened is, is that that all of the activities on earth could have caused her to get into fear, but because she was able to go into the place of heaven through, and that through a vision, and that's what this is, accessing the visionary realm, which is, by the way, our inheritance now, um, she actually is able to walk it out in faith. And so fear, whether you're in fear or faith, will dictate your choices. So she could choose to have a, a relational, uh, a healthy relationship with people around her based in her confidence and her, and her faith, or she's going to have a different relationship with people when she's struggling with unbelief and fear, right? And so the Lord wanted to bring her over to access his heart saying, I know where you are. I'm taking care of all of this for you. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and give this to you. And you've seen it, right? Remember that that he said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. So she's seen it. And so now she's walking in faith, believing that it's going to come. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we've been personally just walking through a really, really tough time in our lives. And um, there is a tendency to get in a lot of anxiety and fear. But I know now that I have access. And talk about, like, helping a lot. (laughs) You know, like, I can choose to go to heaven and get joy, peace, and love. And it really conquers all my fear. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So whatever, whatever the situation is, there, God has given us a way. And he says, those that have understanding that the seed, you won't lose the seed, but yet the seed will begin to be multiplied when you have understanding of how to get to him and how to receive from him and how to, to live this kind of lifestyle, right? Um, okay, uh, also it says that the, that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is not in word, doctrine, but it is in power. And so I wanted um, my new friend, Carrie, to come up and uh, to give a testimony of something that happened a couple of weeks ago. And I want you guys to be encouraged by this because um, this is for every single person. As, um, as I've heard it prophesied, the, the, the days of superstardom Christianity is over. It's over. And, and every man, nameless, faceless, which I fall in that category. Uh, I actually have a face, but you know what I mean by that. We all have a face. And um, so Carrie came about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and um, 
afterwards she came up to me and we were just praying together. And um, why don't you tell them, Carrie, what happened? I'm really nervous. Sorry, guys. Don't be nervous. Okay, yeah, thank you. you. Um, going along with what you've been talking about, I feel like I've kind of been here. I wanted to read this. So knowledge of a thing is not possession of it. Act upon the truth God has revealed to you until it becomes established. Um, and I feel like as a body, like largely the church knows about we should be healed, right? I know that my daughter should have been healed a long time ago. She's, um, she's my youngest of four, and she had warts all over her mouth. And it was really heartbreaking for her, so it was heartbreaking for us. And, um, you know, we went to the dermatologist, and we spent a lot of money, a lot of creams. We would put this stuff on her, and it would burn her mouth, and she would scream at night. It was terrible. And I kind of got, to think, a little offended in my heart. You know, I know I want to see. And um, so anyway, came up on um, that Thursday night, and you prayed and agreed and gave me a great prophetic words. Thank you. Um, and you told me to change what I was saying, just start saying, thank you that she's healed. And so went home. And that whole next day, I just said, thank you that she's healed. Thank you that she's healed. And that Friday night as a family, we prayed over her. And then the next morning, we woke up, and there was blood all over her face, which was kind of scary at first. But then I realized, like, one of the warts had just, like, exploded off. And it was awesome. <laughs> and then we went to bed, and the next night, we woke up, and another one had exploded off. And, um, yes, and then uh, the next day the same thing happened. And so I am so thankful to God. And I am really um, thank I, I am really encouraged to pursue God in healing because I feel like for some reason that's one area where I've decided just the doctors can handle it. And um, so, anyway, thank you, God. Thank you so much, and thank you for agreeing. Yeah, isn't that awesome? So we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. And so we just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And so what she was doing is she was taking her words uh, that we've talked about these, these past several weeks, and she was aligning herself in agreement with the truth so that then the kingdom of heaven could come and the healing could come. Now, the healing was already there. Jesus had already done everything on the cross, but it took agreement and aligning herself up so that the, the word could come. And she and I agreeing together, I remember praying over those warts and just commanding them to go. There's no distance in the spirit, right? And so those, the, the, that sickness cannot stand when you've aligned yourself with the truth, but we have to enter in and have to understand how to access and how to stay there. Amen? So, um, so here's uh, what I want to do. I want to tell you one more testimony, and then I want to pray for those that ha that are sick or are in need. Um, when when um, one of our worshipers, one of our worship leaders, uh, about three years ago, Lisa Blecker, um, her husband uh, was at a football game by himself. Um, or with some friends, but he met them up there, and um, he had gone out to his uh, Dallas Cowboy football game, and he had gone out to his truck, and it was in, um, it was really, really hot outside, 
And um, he had gone out to his truck and fell asleep in his truck. But And the temperature was in the hundreds, like way, way into the hundreds. And um, uh, in his truck, he had no air conditioning. And so the temperature in his truck went up uh, to, uh, you know, I don't know how hot it was, but his body temperature actually went up past 120 degrees. And so what happens um, with that is that the brain stem will separate from the brain in order to guard the organs. And so they, they found him, and he was barely alive. And they rushed him to the hospital, and they put him on... Um, um, you know, he, he was in a coma, basically. Well, I mean, he was, he was in a vegetative state because he, ju- he just wasn't there. And so they put him on uh, life support, and, um, and he was in bad shape. And so Lisa called us, and I think at the time, John and I were somewhere, and so we flew back in, um, and all of this was going on, and I, I didn't realize how, how serious it was until that weekend he had coded four times. So he had died four times, and they, had, they, they, they uh, gave him that, the paddles, and he came back. And I was washing my dishes, and I am accessing the kingdom. I am accessing heaven. And I'm standing there, and I'm saying to the Father, this is the justice of this. There's no justice, and I'm coming to you, and I'm asking, like, like the persistent widow, I'm asking for justice. What do you want us to do here? How do you want us to heal him, and what are we going to do? And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the hospital today. I want you to lay hands on him, and I want you to command him to come back to life in three days and tell him that in three days he's going to rise. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'll do. The second thing he said to do, he said, I want you to call the body of Christ to prayer and fasting 24-7 around the clock. And I said, okay, that's what I'll do. So I called up Lisa, and I explained to her what the Holy Spirit had said. And um, uh, she said, all right, well, let me connect you with some people. And so some of her friends, what they did is they put an online 24-7 around the clock, and they were, they go to the Church of Christ. And um, he was also a principal at a, um, at a Christian school. And they'd never fasted before. You know, they didn't even, they were like fast. Okay, so what's that like, you know? And so it was, it was a first time for a lot of people. And, and then we had people signing up around the clock. And so the 24-7 for three days fasting and prayer, I mean, this thing was full of people. 2 a.m., I think John and I took the 2, two to 4 slot or something. I don't remember. But, you t- oh, I took the 1 to 3, and you took the 3 to 5. So, I mean, we were up seriously going after this and, and, and saying, Satan, you cannot have him. Death, you cannot have him. Sometimes, you know, you just got to throw off everything and get a little uncomfortable to save the life of a brother in, in need. And so... Uh, uh, we continued to pray and everything and checked in with Lisa. She said, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I mean, the guy is basically dead. He's dead. And they are telling her, we're going to have to, you can either keep him in this vegetative state, but there's no way scientifically your husband is coming back. He is dead. He, there's nothing there. There's nothing to support him. He will never regain consciousness. And so they were telling her, you need to make plans to take him off life support and let him go. 
So day three, it's Wednesday morning. Chip Blecker sits up in the bed and says, I'm hungry. (laughs) Now, he's got all of these things, and they pull all of the stuff out of him, everything. They disconnect him, and the doctors are astounded. They can't believe what they're seeing. And now, again, you know his brain is fried. That's what my brother, who's who's a heart surgeon, told me. His brain is fried. That man has nothing wrong with his brain. There is, he has all of his faculties. He has 100%. He didn't lose. There was no physical therapy. There was no speech therapy. There was nothing wrong with him. Amen? So, this is how every one of us have been created to live. There's a prescription in heaven. And when we, when we come into alignment with that prescription that the doctor in heaven has for us, that the healer, that the comforter has for us, then we know that what we can do is live a life of joy and peace and righteousness and power. Amen? So if you, here's what I want to do. If you have sickness in your body, I want you to stand up. If you have sickness in your body, I want you to stand up. If you know somebody that you have on your heart that has sickness in their body, I want you to stand up and stand in the gap for them. Now, this is, okay, it's all of us. All right. That's, all right, one more thing I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do. If you know somebody who is struggling with addictions, I want you to stand up and stand in the gap for them. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray, okay? And um, Jared is going to play over you. Jeremy is going to play over you. And as he's playing over you, I, I don't want to do the typical, you know, somebody come and lay hands on him. I want you to ask the Lord, close your eyes in faith and let the eyes of your heart be opened to see what is going on in heaven. And, and I want you to just ask. I'm going to pray over you and just ask the Holy Spirit to come. But I believe that there's a prescription being released now. And God is equipping his people to access the places of his heart in heaven. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. We honor your presence. I ask that you would come right now. And I thank you that the door is open. That the Revelation 4-1 door is open there's a place that you have for us for healing and so what do you want to do God how do you want to do this how do you want this to happen Jesus we trust your leadership Holy Spirit we trust your leadership